this is Rage Against the Pod, otherwise known as Rat Pod. Uh, this is a podcast where every week or every time we decide to do an episode, we get into the nitty gritty. I can't even think what I was going to say next. I really get into nitty gritty and here. fucking everything uh, about one particular Rage Against the Machine song. Dude, I'm not even starting this out very well. This is awful. That's, this is just I mean, awful. That, that's all there is, is. We just talk about one song per <laughs> week. How difficult is that? And we just know. We I, get into it. One song I tried, per week. Rage I tried to really machine. flare it up. Rat Pod. Yeah. Yeah, Rat Pod. This is, this is Rage Against the Pod. My name is Tyler. Way out there in the ether, hundreds of miles away, is a, is a friend of mine. His name is Jeff. Dozens of miles away. Yeah, I guess technically you could be dozens of miles away. Yes. But it's more fun to say hundreds. It's more exciting. But uh, yeah, go to iTunes because we are on iTunes. Go there. Uh, rate, rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Rage Against the Pod or Rage Against the Pod. Remember, remind, uh, depending on which uh, social media you're on. And um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm fumbling over my own damn words. So. This week we're getting into the Rage Against the Machine song uh, "Clampdown." There you go. <laughs> I played a little bit more than I normally do just because the, they never actually recorded this song, so there's not going to be any copyright bullshit against us. Yeah. So there you go. We're doing uh, their song Clampdown, or I sh- should I say their cover of Clampdown because the original song is done by The Clash. The if you Clash. The, the, classic, the classic punk band. The, the classic Clash. punk band? The cla- exactly, the classic punk band. The Clash. Uh, but yeah, this uh, this song, Clampdown, was on their third album, London Calling, that came out on December 14th, 1979. But uh, the Rage version, the first time they ever played this as a band was at their very first show ever in 1991. And they played it pretty much throughout their entire career. I think, actually, up until I think maybe like 2008 might have been the last time they played it. That's I think that's the last one I could really find. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, they never properly recorded this song, which doesn't make sense because... They played it so often. I don't I know. It just not, seems so strange. That I it wasn't think this song is like, is one for the fans. This is a true song for the fans, a true song for the rage heads, because it was there from the beginning. And so if you recognize this song, or if they play this song live, and you're like, oh yeah, they played this last time I saw them, without even realizing that this was like the part of their very first show, their first set, then like you, you would never know. And so I think that to keep putting that deep cut into their, their shows is it's for the heads. For the true I heads. guess so, but I mean, apparently this is a very popular song, uh, you know, very popular Clash song. So it's not like oh yeah, it's tons like of bands a deep have covered cut this. from the Clash. Yeah, I was surprised at how many bands have covered it, and I I didn't recognize it until I actually heard the Clash version. I'm like, oh, I've heard this as a bumper song on a a, a KFI show. They use it. He used to <laughs> use it all the time as one of his bumpers. I'm like, oh, that's what it is. But outside of that, I'd never heard this song, and I thought it was a great fucking song. Did you like it, it was a lot? So good, I liked it a lot. But I will say, I like the Rage version more. I felt like it has more more umph than the Clash version. I feel like the Clash are very kind of like they're not as like uh, 
they're not as angry as they should be. You know what I mean? For the for what they talk about, they're not as angry as I as I feel they need to be. True. So, true. Especially so I, when you consider like they're they're everybody always talks about their message being so important, but they don't convey it, I feel like, in a in a good enough way. I mean, they were just kind of there like in the beginning, and so that's that's why they are as big as they are. Because even this song is I mean, this is a pop song. The oh, class through, version. Through. So I mean it's still yeah. like unbelievably catchy, but it's a pop song. It's unbelievable. I I I can't believe how <laughs> fucking catchy it is. It's been stuck in my head all fucking week. And so I love basic. that Zach that Zach does it so well too. Well, like he sounds so cool. Okay, now there's two different kind of rage versions, at least for me, was when they played at their first show. And then the polished one later on, you know, 20 years later, 2008 yeah. show. Because those two are definitely very, very different. And the, even the rate style. The first one at their very first show, it was, it was, it was okay. It was whatever. I still think Zach was still kind of coming into his, his persona and his style. Mm-hmm. And so the whole hip hop element was kind of, he wasn't all in with it at that point in that show. But later on, yeah. in that 2008 um thing whatever it was in berlin yeah yeah they played in berlin. berlin yeah he um he i mean he commanded that audience they they were at they were they were at his feet just groveling and he absolutely killed it <laughs> it was so fucking good but it again is he had almost 20 years to perfect that and damn did he perfect it <laughs> oh yeah absolutely i'm with you the, the 2008 version is you know leaps and bounds over the uh, the 1991 version of it, it's it's more like the the old version, the ni- the 91 version is, it's too like it's too angry, you know, like you're mi- he was kind of missing the the pop melody of it, yeah, and it kind of took away from it, but yeah, like you said, in in the the Berlin show in 2008, that was just this perfection. I I honestly think I I honestly think it's better than the Clash version, their live version in 2008. I, it's dude, it's crazy better. It's it's know. good because I've never until this week I've never heard the complete version of the Clash song. I've heard that chorus, but I've never heard the entire yeah. song. And so listening, or I listened to the Rage one after the Clash one, and I was like, "Oh, this Clash song is pretty damn cool." Like I was like, "How can Rage really make a poppy cover like this?" And then I watched the 2008 version before the original one, and I was mm-hmm. just like, "Wow, that's how they did it," and that was really fucking good. <laughs> yeah. It's great, and it's honestly no disrespect to the to the Clash version because it is really good. It's just very, it's just doesn't have that same oomph to it that Rage put on it, you know. But they tend to do that, you know. They they tend to to really kind of make a song their own, even though even if it's like, even if it's it's almost exactly a, the same as the original, they still put like a nice their their mark on it, you know. It's angry. You say you it know is. a lot today. What? You're saying you know a lot today. Am I? Ah, oh, fuck. Like now the, I'm all the, the actual phrase you know, not like you, yeah. know, you know a lot. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I do know. <laughs> Every time you say it, I'll just say it. That way you, you recognize when you say <laughs> that it. That way I won't say it anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> what what What's really cool about the rage uh, that differs from the clash is the little noodling. The little noodling they're doing during like the verses where Timmy mm-hmm. C and, and Tom... Are just kind of like going like like those little those little the little riffage they got going on, mm-hmm. super yeah, heavy. Really cool. And he gives the song a pop song, which should have been like an angry "fuck you" to everybody, kind of that edge that it was missing to begin with. 
Yeah, but still has that beautiful pop melody. I love it. That ah, it's that hook is so good. It's that it's one part where it's like then for a clamp down, like that clamp yeah, down part. Yeah, Like you're, like, you're, you're just waiting that staccato kind of that kind of like melody and everything. You're just waiting for that one relief and that one part. And Zach kills it too. Like he doesn't really sing mm-hmm. it. He just says like clamp down. <laughs> but it's so effective and it's so it good. Is. It's fantastic. I love it. Um, and I didn't know what clampdown meant, so I just looked it up. And it just means uh, a severe or concerted attempt to suppress something. Yeah. So, there you go. If you can figure it out. I wanted to give everyone the, the definition that I looked up. I almost said I almost said what, I, what I've been saying all episodes, so I you got know? myself there. Yeah. I almost did that. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah, I, I like oh, shit. I like the usage of the word clampdown in the lyrics of the song, not only as like a, a noun, but also as a verb. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of cool that they kind of exchange the meaning a little bit, but still kind of keep the the overall vibe. Because the song is just about like, hey man, the government's getting too big and all these crazy political parties are getting too big. Don't let them fuck you. And it's honestly a word or, a, yeah, I guess a word or a phrase that I've never, never really heard before or never really paid attention to. But I think like it's, it's unique to itself and it, I feel like it gives the song its own character just by the title. You know, it's not, there are no other songs that are named something like that. You know, it's unique in itself. Yeah. Did I say, did I say, you know, I think I did. Fuck. I don't think so. Maybe you did. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I missed it. Yeah. Maybe you did. Uh, but let's see here. I mean, yeah, musically, it's like we said, it's pretty much straightforward. But uh, but like just said, Timmy C and uh, and Tom, they they kind of they noodle here and there. But it's it's not enough to detract from the rest of the song or the melody itself, which yeah. I, which I think is very admirable. But there you go. Um, the class version is really cool, though, right? I mean, yeah. like that 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 hi hat thing that's going on the whole time, the keeping the beat. Yeah, I, I love that shit. I love that stuff. Now, like, I'm all about them. The, like the drums were a lot better than I thought they were going to be, especially for a punk band. Um, they're a little bit more like, like intricate than I thought they would have been, than a, from a, from a punk band, even from a, a punk band from this generation, you know. But I thought it was good. It was solid, man. I, it, it's both songs are fucking fantastic. They really, really are. This this made me want to go back and listen to a lot more Clash. I I didn't do it because I imagine a lot of the Clash songs sound very similar to Clampdown to this. And like London Calling, even though they're the same album, but um, I, I don't know, man. I'm still not, still not a, still not a Clashman. I mean, I listened to them a little bit in high school, but it was only like six songs. <laughs> you know, just like I had like six songs on a on a burn CD, and that's all I listened to from them. And I didn't really, I never really got it. I mean, I liked them, but I never got into them enough to want to get one of their records. And then I just got more into other music as I got went through high school. I've I've always but. felt they were a band that were more important to the scene than their music was good. Yeah, it's kind of like the Ramones, you know what I mean? Like they they were more like like the Ramones, Sex Pistols and The Clash. It was more about what they how they were portrayed within the punk community than their actual music. Cuz like honestly the Ramones, I just they're good, they're fun, but they're not like they're just like that that type of punk rock, man. Yeah, maybe they yeah, like they invented it, but it's just like I don't know. I just don't get it with the Ramones and I definitely don't like the Sex Pistols. 
<laughs> I mean, I've, I've but, definitely listened to more Ramones, a lot more Ramones than either of those bands combined. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, I, I agree. I, I've listened to all of their music, but I, I probably just listened to, like, the best of. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never heard, like, Rocket to Russia in its entirety, so I don't really know. But every song that I hear, I like, but it's 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 pop music, man. Yeah. I, I remember, like, a year ago, I listened to the first four Ramones records, and it was a nice listen, but it was just it got to the point like where I just didn't I didn't know where the song started and where the song ended, you know, you know. But it was uh, yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> Fuck, god damn it! <laughs> oh, I hate this so much. Why do I keep doing that? Now, now you'll hear it in your everyday life too. Much like when we talked about that one time when whenever something hit you, go, oh, 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 oh. You, you, you do that little thing, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, 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 like if an old fall. lady, uh, like if an old lady fell out of her wheelchair, instead of helping you, you just go oh, and you pretend uh, you can help her, and then hopefully somebody else does before you do. <laughs> That's what it's like. <laughs> or even if you just drop something. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we do that? It's so stupid. Oh, we're so stu- humans are so dumb. Yeah, we're I the worst. Us. We are pretty bad. We're awful. Oh shit. Okay, let's uh, let's jump into the lyrics here. Okay. Um. Honestly, that from like just an overview of the lyrics before we break it down into the different verses and everything, um, just they pretty much just it talks about that the youth need to like stand up to the oppressors of capitalism and and fight back. That's really what that's the gist of the song, you know. But then throughout it, you know, Joe Strummer kind of breaks it down and you know kind of. The different metaphors and just he relates different things to to like the Holocaust and Hitler and shit like that. But yeah, so this is pretty much a Clash podcast. This isn't even a Rage Against the Machine podcast. Yeah, anymore. I mean it's always hard to whenever we do a cover that Rage did. It's always hard mm. not to, to go more into the cover than it is the Rage one, especially because this wasn't released. So there is no cover art. There is no producer or an engineer for this. It's just a cover song that they played live. That they play almost exactly like the original too, right? So we can't really, you know, contrast it, you know. Yeah, you know. Oh fuck! I as it came out of my mouth, I knew I said you it. You know. Oh, it makes me so mad. Ah <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so what do you got for the first verse here? I, I, also, this is kind of structured. As I was, as I was reaching down to get my beer, like you asked me, but um. <laughs> The first verse was weird. So online, people were saying that it was it's like setting the stage for what's... But I, I think the album itself, London Calling, is a concept album. And so taking these songs out of out of order, out of context, is a little difficult because I'm assuming that this song, in the broader scheme of, of the album, means more than it does for just this. Yeah, I, th- I think so. But, I mean, there. The, what I was reading was that it's setting like the stage of, of some type of like post-war, post-catastrophic event happening mm-hmm. and then the song itself goes into either like a backtrack of of this is how we became to this point or like if we don't change then we're going to become that catastrophic event that post-war apocalypse mm-hmm. yeah and i i read that too like it it's going to be like that but then if you actually read the lyrics it to me i what i got from it was that he's kind of comparing everything to to Nazi Germany and just with with certain lines I feel like it's him talking about you know the Jews being 
you know, they're all their stuff being taken away before they're taken to, to the camps. And, uh, he kind of talks about how, you know, the, the training of young, young men into being like soldiers and into being pretty much propaganda. Are we talking about the, hold on, sorry. Are we talking about the, like the, the, what do you call it? It's like the first verse, but you can't really hear what he's saying. It's very faint. Yeah. Right. Wait, did I get this messed up? Ta- it talks. Uh, I ta- if it goes into like the kingdom. Oh and the jewels, yeah, I got. I fucked up, man. Hold and the on, next, because because for sure, right. like, the next one, the the first chorus for the clampdown. I totally yeah, agree. That's right. that's exactly what he's referencing. You're right. I fucked up. I I don't know why I wrote this wrong. Hold on one second. I mean that that's what I was saying about the first part because it's not like a verse because you can barely even yeah. hear what he's saying like you would never know what he's saying unless you actually looked up the lyrics yeah and i don't have the the album so i don't know if these are even like legit lyrics it's just what i saw online is what that was saying and there's there's a lot of like imagery here i don't think it's like great imagery i don't think it's great songwriting but it's definitely iconic fuck hold on one second but I mean, we can get right into the the first chorus. That's all right. Yeah, let's just get into that. I fucked up. I that, fucked up. That's when he's telling like like somebody's taking off their <laughs> turban and they they're asking, "Is he a Jew?" Yeah. And so that's the, I mean, no, that. Oh. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Work before the clamp down. Oh, this I dude, I'm a fucking mess on this this podcast today. I don't know what's going on. Okay. All right. Well, we're we're going here. So yeah, um, here it looks like Strummer's talking about because I think Joe Strummer wrote this song, and yeah, he, he he's talking about like fascist parties specifically in England, and and one of them mm-hmm. was the what the fuck was it called? The National Party, I think it was called. Yeah, like the National. I think it was just called the. I think it was called the NF National Front. Was it called National Front? That's what. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, I had National never Front. heard of the National Front, but I guess they came about in like the mid '60s and were really popular in the '70s. And mm-hmm. they were just like the Nazis of England, so that's that's kind of what he's making fun of and, and jabbing at, and uh, like this just seems to be about specifically kind of like the lower middle class. Him, t- Joe Strummer, telling the lower middle class, like, don't like you're working and you're working for the man, you're bowing down for the man, like, don't don't do that because it's mm-hmm. bad. And I don't know if nobody else was saying it at the time. But that seems to be pretty, you know, it's pretty, I don't know, Dave, fuck, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Pretty standard <laughs> today. Pretty standard today. Again, we're yeah, so he's pretty much just saying like, Yeah, and he's just saying don't fall for the propaganda. A lot of this, too, is is about propaganda, and, or talking about propaganda, and don't fall for it, and that's, the, that's what I get from this song a lot. The line about the poster I like, though, when he was saying, the po- they, they put up a poster saying, we earn more than you. That was yeah. kind of that was kind of interesting because if if you go in, into like the capitalist realm or like the fascist realm or any kind of different ism, then mm-hmm. then the post that that line can mean so many different things, right? So like one it, that poster could remind the workers that hey, at some point you could be the CEO of this factory, and you could make as much money as as I do, even though the chances of that are just astronomical and unattainable realistically. And so, and yeah. it, but like another one it's is false hope. It's also kind of like instilling like that class warfare by belittling people who hold jobs that don't pay as much. So by saying we make more than you, therefore my voice counts more than yours does. And like we're seeing that today, right? Like t- in today's time specifically, like right now today, April twentieth, smoke blunt. You're seeing that where, <laughs> for the longest time, like we don't want to pay people you know livable wages because well he's just a McDonald's worker he should get a better job and then all of a sudden the world shuts down but the only things that are open are fucking McDonald's because they're essential. 
Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's, it's just, it's just so silly. It's so insane that this guy, Joe Strummer was telling us about this, you know, decades before and it still happens. And yep. it's kind of pathetic. Yep. And then what I like, the line I like too is, uh, we will teach our twisted speech that, I mean, that is just that right there is, you know, political double speak and just, you know, what, what we see every day on the, you know, on TV and stuff of just any sort of politician that it's just them twisting, twisting the words of everybody else and themselves even sometimes it's, it's fucking ridiculous. And it, people just like kind of fall for it. Or they just kind of don't listen. It's even more scary because the next line is like to the younglings, to the young yeah. folks. <laughs> and so, I mean, just, I mean like, like the way everything was set up and, like the biggest case you could think of is tobacco, tobacco marketing to kids, right? So like you, back in back in our day when we were kids, when you go to a liquor store, all the tobacco products and all the signs used to be at eye level for like a 12, 13 year old. Yeah. And there was just this, this instilling in young minds already that here, here's tobacco, here's tobacco, here's tobacco. And then kind of find out that they were doing that on purpose and got royally fucked for it. But it's like we will teach our twisted speech is... Even in like schools, man, even in schools, like some of the stuff these kids come home and, and say and how they're forced to do the Pledge of Allegiance every single day and they're forced to do these things. And I it just it's mm-hmm. fucking so bizarre. Yeah. And then like even like in the modern political, the modern political climate where now that, you know, schools are all shut down, da- shut down because of what's happening. Uh, a lot of politicians are coming out and openly saying, you know, we need to get people back to school. And they're actually talking about to a certain extent, banning homeschooling yeah. uh, after this is all over with. And I mean, that's, it's so backwards to even think of that as, as a plausible thing to do. You know, it, it's, it's insane, but nobody was really talking about that. It, it's nuts. It's fucking nuts. And this, this song is very relevant to today. It, it's, it's nuts. It's fucking crazy. And, and kind of piggybacking, piggyback, wait, how do you piggyback to piggyback off of what you said with the cigarettes um i remember when i think we were like in fifth grade or something like that and it was like the the dare program you know bullshit waste of money program that we i'm like the only person that loved the dare program i fucking such a waste time (laughs) especially like looking back and realizing oh that really didn't change anything and it didn't do anything it was just a colossal waste of money but um but yeah so there was it was fifth or sixth grade and they were talking to us about um tobacco advertising and they said when was the last when was the last time you guys saw a cigarette commercial and everybody kind of like raised their hand and said oh i think i saw one yesterday or i saw one today or whatever you know and the the guy was like well actually you guys are all too young and none of you have actually seen a tobacco commercial because the last one that aired was like 1979 or something like that Dang. and i'm thinking wow are we that like this marketing is the marketing of the tobacco industry that good to where we think we literally see it everywhere yes, and it is it's that, that easy. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Right. And it, that that's always stuck to me ever since I was a kid was that how we can just easily have just thought that we've seen something when we haven't. It blew my mind. It still blows my mind every time I think about it. That's so bizarre. That's some, that's even like, yeah. like the whole Mandela effect that's super popular in the past, like five to eight years. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you're talking like in the '90s. Yeah, and we were kids. You know, it's like, yeah. like, like doing having the Mandela effect seems to be like a very young adult, or maybe just an adult thing in general, like not not a kid thing, but for us as kids that young to be duped like that and to 
to just think like that is it, I mean it's that's insane. like a, that's a super dupe because if the last cigarette commercial that actually aired was even before we were born but yet we still think we've seen cigarette, like that that they're that yeah. good. Yeah, and the, I remember him saying, I mean I could be wrong with the year, but I remember the the guy saying that he says you see it everywhere else, you just don't hear it on the radio and you don't hear it and you don't see it on TV. He said but you see billboards everywhere, you see it in magazines, you see it on park on, you know, bus benches, you see it everywhere else. But then you just assume that you see it on TV. It's fucking crazy. Dude, the last I just looked it up real quick as you were talking. The last mm-hmm. cigarette commercial was in 1970. There you go. It was on it was at 11:59 p.m. on December 31st, 1970. Wow, that's insane. And all these dumbass kids that were born in 87 claim to have seen a, a cigarette commercial. Dude, that people get paid big bucks. And when they see those hands raised, they that means that they did their job. Yeah. Wow, dude. It, it's crazy. I'll never, ever forget that. <laughs> that's so funny. It, it, isn't it bizarre, too? Like, our group of friends, all the things that we have done and all the stupid shit that we've did, did that we that we did that we've did <laughs> <laughs> that we continue to do we like none of us smoke really <laughs> yeah that, i don't yeah none of us didn't or at least my like close friends don't like, but, at least like cigarettes right i mean like cigars and things like, we, yeah like, we've never but we've never smoked and we've yeah, always hung exactly. out with people that smoked right some of the people we hung out with in high school smoked i did school multiple times only to realize that it's fucking boring when you have nothing to do. <laughs> but then we just hang out and smoke. And if you don't smoke, it's just like, okay, well, this is kind of boring, man. Yeah. You, you kind of miss the rush. You don't have the, ru- the same rush as the, the kid smoking a cigarette when they're not supposed to. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget the first, the, actually, it was the last time I, I ditched with Wes. And we went over behind Stater Brothers and they were smoking. And I was like, this is kind of boring, dude. And I walked back to school. Fucking <laughs> 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 get nothing to do. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Uh, good times, right, let, dude. Good times. Let, let's get let's get back to to this song, Clamp Down. Um, so let's get into the post chorus. Or do, you, do we have anything else to say about the the propaganda teachings of the chorus? Um, no. Okay. All right. Let's get into uh, the po- the first. I I should say the first post chorus because there are two choruses and two post choruses, but they're both different. So, uh, so the first post chorus here. Um, what do you got here? What What are your what are your initial thoughts on this one? So like the first line or the first uh, the first biggest line is about the judge. He says the judge said five to ten, but I say double that again. Mm-hmm. I'm not. And I think that's just like, I think that's just him saying, well, I don't give a fuck what you do. Give me a thousand years. Give me whatever punishment you want because I don't believe in the crime. Therefore, clearly I don't believe in the time. I'm not going to fucking do it. But mm-hmm. that's not specifically like five to 10 years, that could also be like a nod at the nine to five kind of type of job. But like, I don't know, nine to five doesn't really sound that great. Five to 10 could be a flip of that nine to five and just add one. I don't know. Just not, yeah. not, not succumbing to like societal norms that you may not even believe in. Well, I think like to me, when it, when he's talking about the five to 10, I agree. It's like the double meaning, but I feel like the five to 10, like it could also outside of being incarcerated, it can mean like five to 10 more years working for this guy. Or working for the suppressor, and saying no, fuck it, double that. I'll work for you for twenty years, you know, or ten to twenty years, you know. It's just like him saying, like, it, I, it's just pretty much the first line is pretty much just like a fuck you. And that's what it is. Like, it, it's that makes sense yeah. too, though, right? So, like, like if you had a job, and the judge 
I mean, realistically, your boss is the judge, jury, and executioner. They hold all of that power, and that's mm-hmm. scary and sad. But if your boss says, "Yeah, dude, work here five to ten years, you'll you'll be making good money," and he's just like, "No, fuck you." What you really mean is like ten to twenty until I get anywhere. Yeah, because that's go. what that's what's gonna happen. So I mean, that makes sense too. Yeah, that's 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 what what I got from it. Um, and you know, uh, he talks about just you know everybody's born with like a soul, but then. And like with with a life and just have like a personality, but working for somebody in in the capitalist society, it can just break you down to the point where you have no you have nothing anymore. You have no soul. You're you're essentially just a drone, a, a zombie of sorts. Yeah, you know, it's the first thing they get sucked when you when you when you, when you had a job that you hate and you feel like you yeah. go nowhere. I feel like everybody everybody's been through that. Yeah, at some for point, sure. You know, it's just like you're sitting in in a cubicle. And you're like, what the fuck am I doing? I just, it's, it's truly like, I remember the first time it happened to me, it was like truly depressing. <laughs> it was just so bad. And that's why I didn't stay at that job very long. Cause it was just, I was so fucking miserable there. Well, it's, it's hard too, because I mean, I've never, I've never been in a position where I didn't have family to, to let me fall back on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a really, really big family. So at any point, if I've ever failed in my life, I could always live with somebody and they will feed me. Yeah. And so I've never been to the point where if I don't succeed at this job, if I don't have this job, I'm going to live on the streets. And so it's it's hard it's hard to imagine that kind of feeling, even though I can sort of imagine that because that does suck and it does happen a lot. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's just terrible. But that's terrible to even think that there are people out there that want to work but have to work so hard at something they hate so much. And that's, that's sickening. That's disgusting. That's so gross. It's just, it's dirty to me. It's dirty to me that these, they, these CEOs make, you know, billions of dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And yet the guy that owns like the butchery down the street is barely surviving. But like these big groceries, I mean, we're just getting into like the quarantine stuff. It really irritates me. Really <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it is. It it's really it's it's upsetting because we're seeing now the the true death of the small and middle sized businesses. What the fuck do you do with all that money, dude? Yeah, Jeff it's Bezos. Bad. Yeah, and then what what really pisses me off right now about it all is that you know I'm I'm forced to watch more commercials now because I, I tend to watch a little bit more TV or like movies on TV or, yeah. or like on demand and stuff. And it's unfortunate because I fucking hate the commercials are the fucking worst. Love commercials, baby. I know you love them, but it, you know, it, I, there's so many commercials of of these big ass fucking companies saying, "Oh, we're here for you. We're we're here. We're we're doing this, this, and that." And it's like, are you really doing that much? Like, oh, that made me so mad. <laughs> like, are you really doing that much? And how much are you spending on this advertisement? To are you, how many millions of dollars are you spending to have this thirty second commercial? on this specific channel. You know what I mean? It's just like, you're really not doing much. You're, true. you're, you're, you're leeching off of the bullshit that's happening right now. It's all lip service. And that's the most disgusting part, you know? Oh, or like, Oh, the one that really made me the, the most mad I've ever been at any commercial was that Budweiser commercial a couple of years ago, the Super Bowl one, the water one. Oh, how they, how they were giving water to first responders or something, or no, to, to like Flint, Michigan, or some bullshit like that. Remember yeah. that? And they were they were they were set, they were giving it away and selling it in Budweiser cans and bottles. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You remember that? Like repackaging. So they, were, they were packaging it in their own packaging, and then they were talking about how great they were for doing that. 
oh, it made me so fucking mad. Yeah. I was so, I was, I was fuming about that. I don't know why that, that one specific thing made me so mad, but. Because it's, oh, it's it like one of the biggest companies in the world, right? And like the true, the true spirit of, of like humans and interaction is, is just to help somebody because you want to help them because it, not because you feel bad for them, not because you want something in return, not because when you need help, you want the help. It's just because it's a decent thing to do. Yeah. Like you see a snail on the on the sidewalk, like you don't just fucking now, I'm not fucking moving and you step on it, you move over a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. Because you're not a dick. And so when you, Budweiser does that kind of shit, it makes them sound like they are a dick, but in order to make them seem less like a dick, they do this, take all of the credit for it, take all the gratitude, <laughs> yeah, write it off uh-huh. on their taxes as some type of charitable contribution, I'm sure. And so yeah, like so they'll make money is, off of is it. Is that feeling really there? Are you doing it for the goodness of your heart or are you only doing it because you know you get a little bit of something in return? You're right. You're and that's, oh, that's irritating. Another one too. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I got to get really, this one really pisses me off too. <laughs> this is a fairly new one. This one started like a year ago. Uh, Verizon. So what they did when all those, all the, the crazy fires were happening up north, the campfire, all that stuff. And they, uh, they started having commercials about first responders and saying, oh, we're there for our first responders. We're, we're doing this, this, and that. We, we offer them, uh, you know, the best service in the world <laughs> yeah. because, because they're first responders and they deserve it. I'm like, dude, you have no fucking idea. And then they had these, like, fake people. Like, I don't even know if, whether or not they were real people, like, like paramedics and shit. It doesn't fucking matter because the whole, the whole advertisement was, was just so fucking disgusting. And it was just embarrassingly bad, like how much they're patting themselves on the back and how much money they're they're spending on these advertisements when they could be if they really wanted to help they could have donated all the money on the advertising to the rebuilding these these devastated areas you know what i mean yeah i, I got but you it's fucking bull it's total fucking garbage it's yes. all bad those are the two two that really really pissed me off the most that's good I, i'm glad that you watch commercials and i'm glad that they make you feel something but pause real quick okay i'm going to go yell at the kids <laughs> shut the fuck up Oh, oh, that's, that's good. That's I'm glad again. I'm glad that you're that you're watching commercials because commercials are. I, I I like commercials not because I like the message or I, I agree with them. I like commercials because more often than not, they make me feel something, either anger or a laugh or sadness. There's always something there for me. They're like a mini a, a mini movie, like a thirty second movie, and that's no. why I like commercials. But I agree with that. That like that Verizon one. That one pissed me off too because. They're not actually giving those people anything. They're just saying we're just going to keep doing our job of giving you service, but because and gouging you, yeah, but because you're first responders, I guess we're still here for you. It's like, well, what about yeah. like everybody else that's been paying you fucking money per month for the past ten years? I do like, do you give a shit about them? What about what about everybody else in the world that you've been fucking over with your data caps and and your your data limiting and shit like that? It's just it's stupid, silly. Yeah. Really, actually, any commercial too that that says we we love our first responders, we love our our army, we love our this that, we love that. You know, it's just like, dude, shut the fuck up. You have no idea what you like. You're just trying to play, you know, like you you care about things because you're a company and you want to sell everything. Like nobody cares about that. These people don't care about that. It's kind of it makes me so mad. It's kind of nice in our area because you can drive down to like. Um, I don't know, like Joe's Barbecue Shack, and there's a line of people waiting. Like you, like it would be for Walmart for toilet paper. You can go to like the local, 
like my favorite Mexican place out here, Tocino's, you can go there and there's 15 people waiting for food. Then you go over to McDonald's and there's like one car in the drive-thru. So at least in our like area, it. like nobody fucking cares about these fast food places because they're all shit bags. And nobody cares about these pizza places like Pizza Hut and Domino's. Like the wait times on the weekends, just because I check it when we order pizza, I don't order it from them. But you check the mm-hmm. wait time and it's like 15 minutes. Then you call like <laughs> Venezia's and the wait time's like an hour and a half because people are supporting the small businesses rather than going to the big chains. That's great. So it's That's nice, awesome. in, at least in my area, it's nice that people are coming together as a community. Then you drive down the yeah. street too and Carl's Jr. is this big old sign out, this big old fucking band that's probably like 10 feet long, four feet high. And it says, we are open for our community. We have one here, right next to our house too. That's Is it Carl's it Jr.? The, yeah, Carl's Jr. Yeah, I know, it's Carl's thing. Jr. It's like, what are you doing? How is, who said that would be a good idea? Oh, God. Are you giving away food? Are you giving food to like the children who are normally on like government meals? What are you What are you doing for the community besides just doing your job? Oh, that's great. That is great. Well, <laughs> even though Carlos Jr. is my favorite fast food place, I may never go back there again. <laughs> it's my favorite. Like the the Western is unmatched as in regards oh, it's so to good. fast food burgers. Unmatched. Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. It's better than In and Out Burger. It. No, it's not better than that, but it's very good. Ah, it's it. it's it's top five for sure. It's not as consistent as the In and Out Burger because In and Out Burger, it's great. It's the second best, but it's always the best. Like there's never a time where you go to In and Out like, oh, this burger sucked today. It's always fucking on. Yeah. It's always on. I Carl's You've never Jr. had it. Nobody's ever had a bad burger there. Yet. Right, but I Carl's Jr. It's 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 like fifty fifty. You get like a shitty western, yeah. and then the onion rings are soggy. The bun soggy. There's not enough barbecue sauce. But dude, or everything's that, really dry. When you get that perfect Ugh. western, though, oh my gosh, unmatched. Oh, it's great. Unmatched. Yep. All right, let's move on. What are we on the? Uh, so we're on the we're on the second verse now. Yeah, same as Let's the move first on. Then you the 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 post. Are we talking about the post chorus or in verse two? What did what did you used to say? We're doing verse two. Okay, the second yeah. verse. I mean, this yeah. is just further diving into the call to action thing. No one's he's saying no one's going to do it for you. You got to do it. The men in power are going to continue to to be in power until it stops. But it's not going to stop unless you do something. So fucking yeah. do it. And kind of going off that too. It it's saying like you, you have to do stuff for yourself. You can't rely on other people. It says never rely on other people because you're always going to be let down. You got to think for yourself. You got to do things for yourself. Otherwise you're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to be stagnant and just following the same things over and over again. And that's such a sad, I like that message harsh, a lot. harsh hearth. That's such a sad, harsh truth though. It should yeah. not be like that, but that is the way it is. Like when my dad got sick, I realized quick that if I wasn't going to do this for him, take him to these places, set up the appointments, no one's going to no one's gonna check on him. His doctors don't check on him. His doctors are fucking probably 100 patients. They're yeah, not going to exactly. check on him. The nurses that come you know, to, to give him his, his twice a week bath or whatever it is, they, if, if he did not, if, had he not entered the door, they wouldn't have cared. They got 4,500 yeah. people they got to visit that day. Like, nobody cares about your health, so you need to do it. Or you need to have someone close to you do it for you because no, no, like it's it'll never get done. You will just deteriorate yeah. and rot in your house, and nobody will ever know, and nobody will ever care. Yeah, you got to look out for number one, and then honestly, like you know, when you get old, like you have to you have to have good relationships with your family or friends, even if you don't have family. You know what I mean? It's just like otherwise you will be alone. It's the sad truth, and 
that society, you know, that's the society, that's the society we've lived in, honestly, for the last hundred years or so. I mean, I don't, family gets less and less. At least in our like Mexican side of our family, it's not quite that bad because I mean, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty involved, even though I don't talk to my family that often, but I mean, if anything happens, I mean, we're all pretty involved in, in each other's lives. And so I think it's more of like a, it's a cultural thing. Like a white America thing. Like a white America yeah. thing to think that at age 18, I need to move out of my parents' house. By the age of, you know, my early 20s, I need to be graduating from college. And there's there's this structure that you're supposed to follow, that you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get a job, retire after 30 years. When your parents get old, maybe like back in the 50s, they would come live with you. But now you put them in a home. Like You don't want to have to deal with that shit, right? Yeah, but it also, you know, looking back at, you know, the... um Back in like the the forties, fifties, and sixties, post World War Two, technically when you know the nuclear family was what life was supposed to be, and the um, the average age was what like fifty eight or fifty nine years old, like it was significantly lower than it is now, and you know people were dying younger, so like you weren't you weren't having to take care of them really, and when people were dying, they were dying suddenly, like they didn't have. They didn't have like a like a stroke and then live for another ten years, you know. Right. Like they would have a stroke and that'd be it, you know. That. That's two you knows. There wasn't. What. That was two you knows. Ah oh, fuck! You're right. Damn it. But, <laughs> but you're right. That, that's that's what I'm trying to say, is that you know death death came a lot faster and a lot easier than it does now. People live a lot longer now than they did sixty, seventy years ago. So just the whole dynamic and the whole the whole idea of that nuclear family just cannot work anymore because live too change, long. people change what we live too long i mean if, if, we, we live way I, too long yeah. when i did watch commercials i mean like 30 to 40 percent if i had a ballpark of percentage 30 to 40 percent were some type of drug something mm-hmm. some type of prescription yeah. or over-the-counter drug that had a laundry list of side effects and i just why 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 well, Why? see, well, when it comes to that kind of stuff and the side effects, I remember somebody did tell me once, or I heard several times, that the reason why they list so many side effects is because whenever they're they're doing the initial studies, if even one person has one of those side effects, then they have to tell every they have to say that this could cause this this side effect, even if it's just one person that has diarrhea, out of three thousand people, they have to list that as a side effect. Probably no because, ba- I mean, do you remember that drug Fenfen before we were able to yeah. like, remember things? And, and oh, yeah. that, like, it was like a, a obesity, anti-obesity drug or something like that. And, like mm-hmm. a ton of people were dying and there's all these horrible like adverse effects. And, but they weren't like well known to everybody. So that's probably why they have to do it. Yeah, probably. That but was probably just, one of the big turning points. We're already an over-medicated society. And I just don't understand why you would need more drugs to make you shit better, to make you, <laughs> I don't know, pee less, like to make your fucking hair, like like Rogaine and things, like dude's fucking hair. Yeah, I think when it, when it comes with a lot of medica- what what it comes when it comes down to a lot of medications, I feel a lot of it is is down to marketing and advertising too, because they want to sell these products to people, so they they instill the fear of death and the feel of, the fear of sickness. When a hundred years ago, people didn't fear death the same way that they do now. You know what I mean? It's like we're we're constantly told that that death is is fine well, I mean death is final but i mean we're 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 meant to fear death a lot more now than we were 100 years ago 
And a lot of that was because a hundred years ago, people were more religious. Like they believed in an afterlife. Like nowadays people don't believe in that as much. And so, you know what I mean? It doesn't yeah, make no, any sense. No, well, you, said, you said, you know, again, but I said, you know no, what I, I mean? I, I agree. Like this life, whatever religion or belief that you have, this life, it could just be a transition point into a better afterlife or something that's going on. That's something, whatever you believe is going to happen after death. But now, if you believe that there is no afterlife, that you're just like a candle that gets blown out and you're gone forever, then this life means something more to you, which it should. I mean, yeah. you should still try to do whatever you can to be good on at this time right now. But I agree. Yeah. Like we were, plus, like people die from these fucking gnarly things now. It's not like, I mean, I read the obituaries twice a week, and I know, I know, <laughs> I know they say that he died peacefully in his sleep. But he was like he was like ninety five. She was like ninety three, and like, dude, that's fucking old, man. Mm-hmm. Like, that's almost a hundred, a hundred. You might living a hundred years. I know. That's just it's crazy. That's so long. That's yeah. so fucking long. Mm-hmm. What are you a tree? <laughs> like, what are you a cactus? <laughs> Nothing <laughs> lives that long. <laughs> are you a fucking tortoise? Oy. I know it's crazy. It's crazy to even think about. One of my favorite things I, to I mean, quote, I, though, in regards to like medicine mm-hmm. online, I don't even know what it is, but moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, I always say that. Why? Like, if I ever get hurt, like at home, if I get a little cut, and Renee will be like, what's happening? I'm like, I don't know. It looks like moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. <laughs> Just because I was like, I don't know. For whatever reason, that like specific term in that commercial, they kept constantly saying and saying. I thought it was so funny. I don't even know what it is, but I always <laughs> quote it. I like saying it. Moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Oh I think psoriasis is like a skin, like a skin disease, like a rash, like a rash. Yeah, so something that you could probably just throw some dirt on it, you'd be fine. No, like it's it's a it's a like you have to have special medication to to keep it at bay, so it doesn't flare up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what psoriasis is. Yeah. I could be completely wrong. Who knows? I'm not a fucking doctor. Shit. <laughs> um, tell let, me let's I'm not a doctor. what. You sound like you uh, sound like what's his name Joan uh, from Star Trek. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. The medical guy. I don't know. Okay, so let's move on to the uh, the second chorus here. Uh, what, what what do you got here? What, what do you think about this one? I just I can't believe we're still talking about the lyrics here. <laughs> I'm just we keep going on these tangents, man. We get too crazy. It's funny because because the the in these days of evil presidentes that when Zach said it in the 2008 um, live version. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that it just sounded really cool. Like he's like Presidente. He said it so angrily and so forcefully, and it was I don't know. I I, I that was my favorite line that he had said, just because of the way he said it. I thought it was really cool. Wait, where does he say that in this? No, we're 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 doing the second we're doing the second chorus, the the one you're looking at the post chorus, the second post chorus. Oh, see, I don't know. The, what we're doing the one anymore. We're doing the one, but you grow up and you calm down. Oh, okay. And you're working for the clamp down. Yeah, we're doing that long. I'm giving the clamp down. Yeah, then, I mean, that, again, this is, this is, <laughs> the, I think in this one, he's telling you what will happen if you don't stand up. You're going to grow up. You're going to, you're going to lose that anger. You're going to lose that edge. And we know that, you know, anger equals things happening. And so you're going to lose that edge and you're going to start wearing what you hated. You're going to start wearing the suit that you fought so hard against. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna be you're gonna be the boss, and you're gonna be the dick. So do it yeah. now. Yep, I, I, 
have nothing to add to that one. You're you got that one spot on. There you go. Yeah, I, I don't know what yeah, else to say about that down. one. But uh, let's move on to the 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 second the second post chorus. Now this is the one with the presidente that you're presidentes. talking about. In these days of evil presidentes, working for the clamp down. <laughs> oh, it's such a good. Oh, it's so good. It's so fucking catchy. <laughs> I know. It's I'm saying some that. I just I've never really uh, liked the Clash, and I've, that, all the songs I've heard have just been okay. But this one really blew my mind, and I was pretty I was pretty impressed. Yeah, it was pretty impressed. Um. Okay. Let, uh, let's get yeah, the bridge done. And get it. I, over I, don't, with. I don't. What do, what do you want to do now? Okay. Yeah. Let, let's let's do that. Yeah. Let's do that. What do you got for the bridge? Um. He just now he's just calling out different state or different cities, but I think he's doing it in a way. That says it's not just England, it's not just Europe, it's not just our side of the world. It's fucking everybody. Everybody needs mm-hmm. to be wary of this. I think that's kind of cool. I think that's to not to not just I don't know to 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 address the problems not just regionally but globally. I think is really something special. But that's also good songwriting too because now this song is not just for those people in England, but it's for everybody. This is an everybody song. Yeah, I could. T- yeah, and it says it does. It's like he talks about um, it doesn't matter kind of what you believe in, whether it be capitalism or communism. They're they go hand in hand with one another. They they both have oppressors within within that type of society. And he brings up sp- specifics like it's no different from going from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, to Saint Petersburg, Russia, and you know Saint Petersburg, obviously, or Leningrad at the time. That being smack dab in the middle of communism and then Harrisburg I was looking more into it and Harrisburg was where Three Mile Island was and the year before they wrote this song was the big that big nuclear meltdown on Three Mile Island right so he's kind of talking about like it doesn't they don't care about who you are like they're they're doing it for the money like everything is for the money every they don't care about people you know that's what he's talking about and I like I like the comparison it was it was really good it was very very interesting <coughs> And relevant to that time, and relevant even now. The yeah. song's still relevant. But there you go. That was my uh, my thing on the bridge. And then the outro. Who's Barmy now? And I looked up what Barmy meant, and that uh, means crazy. <laughs> there you go. Barmy. So who's crazy now? Who's Barmy now? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Well, that's it for the lyrics. Unless you got anything else to say. Um, I don't. That was that was it. That was good. You did a good job. Oh, thank you. Clamp down. <laughs> uh, no demos or any alternate versions. We talked about both, really both versions of the ni- the one in ninety one and the one in two thousand eight. Uh, no music video, just mu- live videos. Um, Prophets of Rage never played this. Audio Slave never played this, so we don't can't really talk about that. Um, Bruce Springsteen played this. There were a lot of covers, yeah. And it featured Tom Morello on guitar. Exactly. <laughs> Weird. There were a lot of covers, so we'll, we'll talk about that one first. Uh, Tom Morello played with Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band for like two tours or something like that. Yeah. And they played this song a lot. And it was cool. Like, Did you actually watch it? Yeah. Yeah, they both sa- they, they both sang the, the lead vocals. It was really cool. It was like one of the coolest covers I've ever seen. I mean... You don't think so? I... I did you listen to the Hot Water Music version of this song? I didn't. I didn't even see they did one. It was pretty good. I liked it. I don't. I'm not a big, huge fan of Hot Water Music, but they did a really cool yeah. version of this song. A lot of cool drum fills. Very, very punk-ish. 
mm-hmm. more like like in the vein of, of like eighties, nineties, early two thousands punk. But it was good, solid. Should I play that one? I mean, if you want to. I mean, might as well. I I haven't heard it, and you're working I for the clamp down, so. Such an idiot. Right, clamp down. Here's the here's a hot water music's uh, version of clamp down. water music version of clamp down clamp down that was cool i mean i'm not a big uh hot water fan but that was cool okay. not bad. Okay. it was a lot slower way slower than than all the versions i've heard there's so, still solid it was the heaviest it was it was the it was good yeah i liked it it was it was good uh, all right i do want to play i i do want to play the springsteen tom morello version i think it's pretty cool so, um, fuck it, here we go. Bruce Springsteen, Tom Morello.
That's Bruce Springsteen with Tom Morello in their version of Clamp Down. Clamp Down. Working for the Clamp Down. It's kind of cool to think that um, that Max Weinberg got to play with Tom Morello. I really like Max Weinberg. It's like a, it's like a person. <laughs> he's so and fucking weird. <laughs> he's funny. He's 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 like he's like a. Oh God, you're so weird. <laughs> what you? I know you like Max Weinberg. Oh, I think he's great. Yeah. I I think he's funny. He's a fantastic drummer. Yeah, I like him a lot. You know who his son plays for? What's his son's name? What's his Jay Weinberg? Name? Oh no, Jay. He's the drummer for Slipknot. Dang. Yeah, you didn't know that? Mm-mm. Yeah, he played on the last two records. He was the one who replaced Joey when Joey got fired. Um, but yeah. Also, Jay Weinberg has played with Bruce Springsteen a bunch. When his dad couldn't play, he would play. That's pretty cool. I wonder if there was ever a conversation where Bruce called Max <laughs> and he was like, hey, like we're doing this pop-up show. Can you play it? And he was like, nah, sorry, man. Conan's got this really funny bit that I got to be a part of. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bruce, you know, being because he's cool, he was like, oh, all right, that's cool. And just let it go. <laughs> I, I hope there's at least one point that that, that would happened. That would be such a fucking power move on Max's part if he ever did that. <laughs> That'd be really cool. <sighs> or, 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 if he was like, nah, sorry, boss, but my boss said I have to go do this bit with him. <laughs> that would be that would be even better. That would be even better, yeah. <laughs> that would be even better. <laughs> oh, but these shit. are grown men and grown men don't have this kind of fun. No, not at all. But grown men like us, we do have fun like this. Because we're that's not exactly working for the clamp down. Oh, there you God. go. What would be really cool is if Tom Morello did this acoustically by himself as the night watchman. Ooh, that that would be so really good. cool. It was just him and the acoustic guitar. That would be fantastic. And then after each, like, working for the clamp down part, he did, like, a little harmonica solo and then went back into it. Oh, no, no harmonicas. <laughs> no, leave that them out of that. But, like, if it was, like, an accordion, that'd be cool. Accordions are cool, man. It's, like, the same thing. No, they're not the same thing. Yeah. That's stupid. That's, that's like the stupid. Same thing. It's, like, the same that's, instrument. That's dumb. Not the same instrument. They're invented by the same guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Um... So I have two more covers, and I didn't really want to put any covers on here from just randoms because I couldn't find anything. They're all just so boring, and just they all sound the same. Um, but this one I have here is from The Strokes. And uh, I'm, I mean, I know you're a big Strokesman, uh, but God damn, dude, they are like one of the most boring fucking bands in the I'm world. I'm not a big Strokesman. Dude, you fucking love The Strokes. You are I crazy. don't get it. I don't understand why you like them. I don't understand why people like them in general. They're so fucking boring. But uh but yeah, they they did a cover of this and like how can you make such a cool song so boring? And the singer doesn't even know the lyrics. He's looking down, he's like literally like hunched over looking down at like a monitor reading the lyrics cuz he doesn't fucking know it. Ugh, God, he's the worst. They're the worst. So here we go. Strokes.
There's the boring strokes. And their cover of. I mean, this just this just sounds like if the Clash had played this song in their later years. <laughs> it's like Julian even put on like a British accent. It's really <laughs> weird. That's not good, man. I just I don't I don't get it. Why do why not do people bad. like the Clash, Jeff? That album is this it. It's not a bad album. It's pretty damn good. There's a lot of bangers on it. I don't. Oh you're just. Don't be a bum. Last night, Sunday, hard to explain. Uh, those are good fucking songs. Ju- Juice Box and Last Night are the only good songs. <laughs> but Last Night's like pushing it. That's like on the border of the other <laughs> Oh, they're not good, man. Ding, 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 ding. And then do 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 It's good. No, it's good stuff. No, no it's not good. Uh, so this last one I have here, um, you you might you might you might love it, you might hate it, but this is from your new favorite band, Metallica. They did uh, they did an acoustic cover of it back in 2016 for some like school benefit thing that they did. I don't know, I don't know what benefit it was, but it was a benefit. And they did it acoustically. Probably to benefit so, uh, themselves. So let me, probably, oh, more than likely, yeah. <laughs> the greedy ass people. So here's a here's your favorite, your new favorite band, Metallica, uh, covering this this Clash song. What do you think, Jeff? Did you love it? <coughs> did you hate it? I definitely did not love it. <laughs> Didn't hate it. But I mean, you know, you okay. know, I don't like when things are. I'm using a quotes when things are acoustic and they still have drums. They still plug in their guitars. Yeah. It's just like, dude, just the whole point of the acoustic is to change the sound of not only like your mm-hmm. band, your normal sound, but also maybe even the song. If you're not going to change it that much, then why you fucking do it? I'm with you for the most part. There's some exceptions to that. There are no exceptions. Just don't classify it as acoustic. There are. Like Nirvana's Unplugged. That wasn't acoustic. It was kind of acoustic. It was almost completely acoustic. It was acoustic. It was an amazing record. But anyway, this Metallica version. I thought it was cool. I I, I mean, I agree with you. It would have been a lot better if it was just James Hetfield playing and maybe like Kirk with like backup. But yeah, I, I thought... I mean, it could have been much better, but it was still solid. It had way more energy than the fucking Strokes version. That's for sure. That dull piece of garbage shit right there. 
Oh, I can't fucking hate the strokes. They're not good. See, now at this point, you're you're like a snowball tumbling downhill. <laughs> I just get so mad. It's when just, I think it's about just bad like bands. like unless there's a huge fucking wall or a mountain to stop you. Like one good song <laughs> is like one good song is 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 like the attempt of like you trying to like stop an avalanche. You are the <laughs> avalanche, and unless the strokes, I am the unless the strokes release something just fucking mind blowing, you're never gonna stop hating them. See, like Juicebox, that song is fucking great. That song is so good. But then it's like, what? Why? Why can't you keep making good music? You know, I, mean, I just don't get they it. They have like five albums, and I only think two of one of them is good. And then the the other room, the, or the room one, the other that room. is, it's called something Room or something like the Get a yeah. Room or Red Room. The one after Is This It? That one was okay, but Is This It is a pretty damn good record. Not really. And I know it came out like kind of in the same time like the White Stripes and the Vines and the Hives and the Strokes and the Metallica. All, all the other all the the bands. Time, so I, that's fine. That's great. But all the of the other the bands were good. The o- no, the only one that I've never thought was that great were the Vines. The Vines were better than the Strokes. False. For sure they were better than the Strokes. False. You can already They're name like better. two or three Strokes songs. Can you name at least one Vine song? Yeah, Get Free, Out of the Way. There you go. Name two for you, right there. Mm. Got him. Got him. <laughs> They're all better than the White Stripes. The White Stripes were the worst, for sure. The White Stripes were the worst? Yeah. For sure. How many stupid pills did you take tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you're you're th- you're saying the right band? The White Stripes yeah, were the, the White worst Stripes, Jack the, White, the and Meg White. Oh, you're dumb. Boring, you're just being dumb. Boring music. Now, now you're just you're trying to. You think you're being funny. It's because I'm working for the clamp down. <laughs> okay. I'm going to start using that, that, that word just in like everyday usage. Are you going to say But you can't just say it. You have to sing it. Well, it depends who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to like an no, adult. No, you got to sing it all the time. Because I, I want to I I come across as if I, I, I know something about music. And so, but you know, like we're all just working for the clamp down. And if someone's like, "Oh, damn, you like the Clash?" I'll be like, You're "Yeah, dude." You're like such a fucking elitist jerk off if you do that. But then they'll be like, "You like the Clash?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I fucking love the Clash, dude." And then I'll start naming stupid songs that are not by the Clash. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love Blitzkrieg Pop, and I fucking love all the stuff the Clash. Anarchy did. in the UK—that's a yeah. great one too, huh? Dude, the Clash was so good. Ah. <laughs> uh. This is, this is a dumb episode. I build them uh, up so, and break them down. That's it. <laughs> All right. This actually was way longer than I expected it to be. To be, honest. I thought we would get this done in like a half hour. Oh yeah. But God damn, man, how does this happen? How I told this happen? you I reserved how much time for this. Like, you're like, that's a long time. Boo, 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 boo. Ah, true. This I'm next gonna one's going to be like two time. hours. Oh yeah, probably. All right. Uh, do we have an MVP on this one? Because I have an MVP on the, on the Rage song. I do too. On the Rage version. I do too. So mine is Zach. My my MVP is Zach, just because it was fun to see him grow up and grow into his style, (laughs) and I like that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Zach is my MVP as well for for that reason, and I feel like you you know it's it's a pretty simple melody, but he still rocked it. He still made it his own. He did the hip hop thing just right, and it was good, man. It was it had the energy. It had the everything that he. That they that he normally does to make a song good and it's good stuff, good stuff from Zach. So he's my MVP as well. 
Did a dog just howl? No, somebody just yelled. They're playing ping pong. Ping? Next door. Oh, yeah. Yeah, next door. Somebody's playing ping pong next door. They a, play like every night. A quick a quick note, too, is in the the uh, the original show in 91, you can hear somebody in the video ask another concert goer, mm-hmm. he says, are these guys any good? And that was kind of funny. That was just kind of funny to see. Like, I wonder who that guy is and if he knows that he is now one of the most famous people in like rage fandom for saying, <laughs> are these guys any good at their first show ever? <laughs> That's so awesome. That is pretty cool. It's a fair question. It's a fair it question. Is. It is for for that kind of gig. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I just hope that after, after he said that and then heard their set and who's like, wow. Wow. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. That was good. That was fun. That was a good episode. It's a good episode, Jeff. Uh, so that that's about it this is Rage Against the Pod uh, if you've gotten this far thank you for listening to us ramble away about all kinds of bullshit going on uh, yeah we just did the their cover of the Clash song Clampdown go to iTunes go rate go to iTunes go rate review and subscribe to us on there follow us on social media at, I was going to say at Asinine Radio yeah. but you can go to Asinine Radio if you want to but go to Rage Against the Pod and uh, yeah that, that's all of our social media shit so that's it. That's all. I got I got nothing else to say. That's it. That's Keep all. Keep listening. Keep listening. Keep listening. Yep. You know? <laughs>